0: Hello people, good morning. Namaskara. I'm Rashid Kappan, welcoming you back to DH Radio. The Peripheral Ring Road PRR project was designed to complete another circle around Bengaluru, linking up with the existing half circle called the Nice Road. In this episode, we have urbanist V. Ravi talk about the much delayed project, the lack of an area development plan associated with it, and the merits of thinking far ahead into the future by taking a holistic approach and not repeating the strip development method adopted for the outer ring road. Listen in. Welcome to DH Radio, Mr. Ravi Chandra. Thanks Rashid for having me. So, let's go straight to the topic. Now, the Chief Minister Basuraj Bommai has recently pulled up the Bangalore Development Authority for going very slow on the peripheral ring road project. Now, a lot of people wonder why it's taking that long.
1: It's unfortunate that we did not act on the PRR project back in 2004 when it was first proposed and the costs were quite low at that stage. For a combination of reasons, I think there was change of government and the interest in the project wasn't there to the same extent. There are reasons, but what it has resulted by not doing it around the 2004-2008 period In 2023, we are now looking at a PRR project cost which has increased five to eight fold from what it was in 2004. And the reason for the increase is partly also due to the change in the Land Acquisition Act. So this is some level of history. My concern right now is that even this peripheral ring road project is being seen as a strip development project the way the outer ring road project was done. And that is a wrong way to go about it in its conception to see it as a strip development. It should be seen as a larger area development and I will elaborate what I mean by that. In a strip development, you are acquiring just a strip that needs to be developed, which is the outer ring road or the peripheral ring road and the service road associated. And you work towards doing that, you toll it and you forget it. This is doomed to fail. The reason why it is doomed to fail is that you will not get the landowners agreeing to part with their land for this strip development project. And it has its roots fundamentally in a trust deficit that exists between citizens, landowners in particular, and the government. Landowners believe that they're going to get short-charged in any transaction with the government and consequently are not willing to play ball with the project requirements. For such a project to succeed, to my mind, I mean, there have been success in Ahmedabad. It's come under the town planning scheme. It has two or three ingredients. It has to be a win-win proposition, both for the landowner and for the government. If it's a win-lose or a lose-win kind of proposition, it is bound to fail. So what I mean by win-win proposition really is, If I am a landowner with one acre of land in that area, maybe at the end of the redistribution, I only get half an acre back because that's how it works. I get less land back, but my half an acre is worth a lot more, at least two X or more of what my one acre land is worth, which means I am a partner in the upside of the area development. I gain also, the city also gains, So consequently, it's structured as a win-win proposition. Now to do this, we have to break the trust deficit that exists and invariably to pull off such projects, you need one officer of the government at a reasonably high level who is empowered to deal with the landowners and build the trust that is required on the ground. This project has to be built ground up and the officer concerned with his or her team will have to be in the field most of the time, not in the office. It has to be solved on the ground. And consequently, if we approach it as a town planning scheme, as a larger area development, when I say larger area development, if there is a strip that has to be developed, which is the peripheral ring road, I would go one kilometer on either side and develop all the connecting roads, the interchanges in a manner such that the entire area works And the value of the property acquired and redeveloped out there actually profits both the landowners and also is of value to the city. That's really how we need to go about it. At this point of time, over the last 17 years of this project, one has not seen any signs of this kind of approach. A town planning scheme approach, an approach that has a win-win at the heart of it. An approach where you're spending more time in the field, building trust with the landowners, taking a larger area development? No. All that we see is repeated announcements at higher costs of the peripheral ring road and trying to find a magical bidder who will toll these roads and find the money and somehow the land acquisition happens magically and uh, tolling sort of pays for it. I am extremely skeptical of going down that route For one, it's unlikely that you will find the bidder for whom this will make business sense. And second, from a city planning perspective, the area development in and around the peripheral ring road is the way to go and not the strip development model, which is a failed model in and around the outer ring road as we have seen.
0: Could you elaborate a little more about the strip development and why the outer ring road experiment has failed? So even if you
1: take the outer ring road, Actually, if you see the original design of the Outer Ring Road, which has got changed. The Outer Ring Road that you've got right now was the Outer Ring Road always. What you now see as a service road was actually a buffer area. And post the buffer area, you actually had the service road, which are now private properties. Back then, the government in its wisdom felt it wise to denotify what was the earlier service road. And what was the buffer area between the outer ring road and the service road has become the current service road. And by denotifying, the campuses that you see around the outer ring road have come to the edge line, which was technically supposed to be part of the service road. So in the original conception of the outer ring road, while it was a strip development, it had a buffer zone. The buffer zone disappeared with that becoming the service road. So what was originally conceived as a reasonably I would still say that's not the best of projects conceived for the reason that all the connecting roads that come and intersect with the outer ring road came at right angles or at various angles and those junctions became problematic because you had not thought about the integration of those junctions and that was the problem. It had some nice elements in the buffer zone which got defeated by the delimitation of the service road area, which brought the service road to where it is right now. But it would have been much better, even if in the outer ring road, we had taken this one kilometer on either side and done it more as a larger area development, as opposed to the way it was done. The area development model actually gains credibility after the way the Ahmedabad outer ring road was done It was done under the town planning scheme with a larger focus of area development. And that success came to light also a bit later in the day.
0: Now, when you say area development, how does it work in a access control setup like the nice road?
1: So as far as the ring road is concerned, there will be a charge to get onto the road because you need to this thing. So which means the government will have to give an alternate road to be able to navigate it. So when you do the area development, you're essentially creating a street grid. You're creating parallel roads on which people can go without coming onto the toll road. But the parallel roads, you will move slower because there's going to be more traffic, there will be traffic junction signals and the like. While on the peripheral ring road, you would move a lot faster with the toll charges. So essentially, wherever you toll, the law is very clear that you have to have an alternate way where you can take the routes without having to pay the toll. But what area development really does is it plans a street grid in advance. Now, the reason Jayanagar works, Rajaji Nagar works even today is fundamentally there is a street grid in place so that you have alternate avenues to evacuate and enter in case a particular road is crowded. Today in the Whitefield area and in the Outer Ring Road area, the reason it doesn't work is you have no street grid. You have these large campuses you have the village roads and consequently the problems that you see on those roads is because of the absence of a street grid so an area development essentially ensures that there is a street grid in place and one of the best examples of street grid new york was conceived as a grid of streets 150 years ago and that grid of streets works even today in 2023 what was conceived 150 years ago So, thinking street grids, thinking area development is the way to go and not point projects saying I just need to do the peripheral ring road, come what may.
0: Okay, now we have a nice road, right, as a concentric circle around one part of Bangalore. Now the peripheral ring road is designed to be integrated to this nice road, so we complete the entire circle. Now what kind of integration issues do you foresee?
1: There will be challenges because the roads are not going to be contiguous to each other. So there will be roads where you will end up leaving the nice road, coming onto the common roads that exist and then again rejoining the peripheral road. So there will definitely be interconnectivity issues. Plus, I do not know the nature of the contract with nice as to how such integration, what is provided for in the contract. So I think there are going to be challenges. Therefore, a seamless working of the peripheral ring road, integrating with the nice road, I think might be a bridge too far. There will be challenges in integrating it. And the option for the government is to consider whether they want to do the peripheral ring road as one ring road which is fully under their control in a contiguous manner. And the nice road serves a certain sub-purpose within that. Those are alternatives to be considered. Whether you want to go down that route or do you want to integrate the PRR with the NICE corridor. There are choices to be made. You need to do the cost economics, you need to do the feasibility and you'll also need to evaluate the nature of the contract that exists with NICE, which allows you to do this.
0: Now, one last question. We have many cities across the world which have concentric roads around it, like Moscow, for instance, Beijing. So, what kind of master planning you can do with this in mind?
1: So, for example, Beijing, i just mentioned, I think they are on their eighth ring road. I mean, we are not able to build our second peripheral ring road itself, which would be the second after the outer ring road. The point, therefore, is in the master plan, you really need a 50-75 year kind of perspective plan of how you see the larger regional development. Ideally, this should be done by the BMRDA, which has the 8,000 square kilometer mandate. And ideally, while you may build a decade from now, etc., conceptually, it's like the metro. Even the metro, the way we approached it was wrong. We just started with uh, three or four stations and said, let's get started. Ideally, the metro, you need to think of the 300, 400-kilometer network on day one. You need to visualize all the interchange spots, junctions, and make sure the interchange is below ground. And you need to plan all that. You may build it over 40 years. But the planning of the 400 kilometers needs to be done at the very beginning. Otherwise, you land up with the problem that you have spoken about, Rashid, of the interchange between the underground coming up near MG Road and the existing overground, those kind of challenges. So to come back to your question, the master plan needs to be a 50-75. You don't need to do everything right now, but you need to have a sense. It has to take into account the contours and the land natural boundaries the lake bodies it needs to take into those environmental aspects while you are planning and we are very fond of saying that we are going to have satellite cities around bangalore those kind of thinking needs to happen now saying that as these ring roads happen the intersection of the arterial roads with the ring roads for example we typically have about 10 arterial roads going out of bangalore whether it be the kanakpura road or the banargata road and the like So you have these various roads that you go, the Tumkur Road and the like. So then you have to visualize logically the intersection of the arterial roads with these kind of ring roads. If you actually take four to six square kilometers of area and do what I would call business districts out there, you actually have a path for the future because the important thing for all those places is connectivity. They are looking to be able to connect to airports, to connect to other places through either the uh, ring roads or through the arterial roads. Obviously, you'll have to strengthen the arterial roads also going forward. But the intersection of the arterial roads and the ring roads are logical business districts, logistic districts, warehousing districts and a whole lot of things you can think about which you can do at those kind of logical intersection points of ring roads with arterial
0: roads. With that, we'll come to the end of the conversation. Thanks a lot for your time and your perspectives, which are quite insightful. Thank you. Thanks, Rashid. And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to decaneral.com.